Welcome to On Air Education. I'm your host, Jonathan Scott. If you're new to our show, our message is simple but complex. Our goal is to help teachers and parents with distance and blended learning by inviting friends in the entertainment field to share their secrets of engaging an audience. We've learned that teaching math is different than teaching science, and teaching history is different than teaching English. Today's show will explore the art and science of songwriting. Music is the universal language we all appreciate. Music is the binding force that holds us together. Music soothes the savage beast. The violin music even calmed Frankenstein. I often say that I'm blessed by having amazingly talented friends, and today's show is the living proof of that. Joining me in studio and acting as our co-host is a Vegas headliner who recently had two songs on the Billboard jazz charts. Clint Holmes used to joke in his act that he only had one hit song. <laughs> But how many have you had? Please say hello to my bestie, Mr. Clint Holmes. Oh, I call you Jay Scott. Good to be here. That's great. It's great. I haven't been to this studio before. Now I are the co-host. And Clint was actually in our first episode a year and a half ago when we started this tremendous journey that we're on. Also in studio is an educator from Del Sol High School to provide us with firsthand knowledge on what engages his students. Please say hello to music teacher Paul Kleeman. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this opportunity to talk about what it's like to be a high school teacher. And what is it like to be a high school teacher? <laughs> Challenging at times. Um, it's really cool, actually. I get to teach guitar to high school kids um, every day, five days a week. I get to help inspire future guitar players and songwriters and all these fun things. So you are the right guy for this show. And we are thrilled to have songwriter Don McLean join us from California, celebrating the 50th anniversary of his iconic hit song, American Pie. Hey, Don, can you hear us? I can hear you without a microphone. Yes, of course. <laughs> I've been I've been you know, accused of being yeah, loud yeah, yeah. before, but uh, I have to ask you the the story behind the song that everybody wants to know. The day the music died, they know the you know the the song tells the story, but what's the story behind the story for you that was your inspiration? Well, you know, I don't think most people realize that um, I was the paper boy. Um, in that song um, and in the first part of the song. And we've actually come out now with a children's book um, called American Pie, A Fable, which is the story of uh, that boy and delivering the paper and all that. And we've got um, one of the uh, primary people, I think it's Zoe's List, whatever the name of that show is, uh, Peter Gallagher, I think he's going to uh, read that for a, um, uh, an audio version, and there's going to be a, um, a, 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 an animated show of some sort for children from that book. So there's that, and then there's a, a, a documentary that's being worked on right now um, called uh, The Day the Music Died, The Story of American Pie. It's all in conjunction with this 50th anniversary of the album American Pie, because as you all know, there's Vincent and Winterwood and um, the, the Waters of Babylon and um, many, many songs that people know are on that record. So we're really celebrating that release and it'll keep going probably for a couple of years because we have to, we're going to be doing things with uh, Vincent next year. So we're getting a lot out of this and uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. But the answer to your question is best found really in this documentary movie. Um, but I can just tell you, I wanted to write a very unusual 
song about the United States, about America, about politics and music all together. And I did that basically for myself, but I was amazed at what a, a good record we made. I had a good producer named Ed Freeman, and uh, it became number one all over the world, as did Vincent, as did Crying. And um, so I've had three number ones uh, worldwide. And uh, so, you know, I, I really don't know how that happened. You, you were going to talk about what makes a hit record. I wish I knew. <laughs> well, Don, we've got some other people here. Clint. Yeah, Don, uh, let me ask you this. How do, are you inspired by every song you write? In other words, does every song you write come from inspiration? Or is it sometimes just sitting down and saying, I, I, I need to write something and ideas come to you? Uh, or you I, mean, for, I know for me, um, I will see something on television or in a movie or read something and my mind will go, wait a minute, that's an interesting subject to write a song about. How does that come for you? Well, I have, I don't really consider myself a songwriter. I'm more of an inventor. Uh, I, I have these ideas, these concepts. So, you know, a little song like Wonderful Baby is not the same as a song like Dreidel or Vincent right. uh, or Castles in the Air or And I Love You So, all songs that I've written. Um, they're all radically different because I have, like in the case of And I Love You So, which is the most recorded song I ever had, uh, or ever will have, um, that I wanted to write a song like I heard on the radio, you know, when I was growing up, the kind of songs that, uh, you know, we hear Sinatra sing or Bing Crosby or, you know, uh, I'm 76 years old. So when I was in 1950, I was five, I was six, you know, and we didn't even have a television mm. until I was eight or nine, I think. So uh, there was a lot of time for kids to develop an imagination, you know, and learn to concentrate. And, and I don't think they have that now because the computers are all over them um, immediately. Yeah, it's a different, it, it's a different, even for me, as I'm, because I'm writing some theater stuff and I'm writing some what I would call jazz stuff and, and some pop stuff. And, and the inspiration comes in different ways. Uh, and then you run, and then some of them really, uh, that, that kind of is another question for you, Don. It, it, uh, for me, when I'm writing, uh, I may have an idea, and it may take me days, weeks, months to develop that idea, or I have an idea, and it just kind of goes, boom, there it is. Is that the, does that happen well, you, to you when you're writing? You, you have ability, you see, and um, it's very hard for the average person to write even a bad song. They can't even do that. They can't even begin to know how to write a terrible song. I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. So, you yeah. know, if you have to have a certain innate ability to just be able to write any kind of song. And I think uh, it's hit or miss, though. I, I can't say that I would, you know, sit down and every time I want to do something. I, I've had songs that I've worked on for years uh -huh. um, that were sitting around and all of a sudden one day I figured out the right melody for it. Or, you know, I, I've got a lot of stuff in my head in different compartments and like we all do. Yeah. And um, so, you know, as I say, it's hard to write even a bad song for most people. So it's a, it's a gift that you have. And you every have. once in a while you score with something, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. you really yeah. put it together. And I think the more you do it, the better you get at it. I think yeah. the more you do, you got to keep at it, you know, because, you know, you have to keep trying and, and, you know, write a few bad songs and then you'll write a better one. 
you know, and then you'll, yeah. then you'll say, well, that one's better than all those others. You know, I'm going in the right direction, you know. Yep, that's well, I mentioned in my introduction, I, I've called upon my friends to help explain what makes a hit song. And and joining us from Chicago, Illinois, is Jim Peterick. And uh, in 1964, at the age of 14, Jim Peterick co-founded the Ides of March with schoolmates in Berwyn, Illinois. I've got to do it like that because that's how Jerry G. Bishop would do it. Jim wrote and sang the evergreen hit, Vehicle, da -da 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 -da. and continues touring today with all the original members from 1964. In the 1970s, Jim combines his love for melody and driving rock with the band Survivor. Their phenomenal rise to the top was born on the back of the amazing songs Jim co-wrote. The Eye of the Tiger from the film Rocky Three garnered Jim a Grammy, People's Choice Award, as well as an Oscar nomination. Jim also wrote Burning Heart for Rocky IV. In 1980, Jim and Southern Group 38 Special co-wrote platinum hits Hold On Loosely, Fantasy Girl, and Rockin' Into the Night. The list goes on through the years. And in 2002, Jim co-authored Songwriting for Dummies, a book that shared Jim's lifetime of successful songwriting into simple language, shedding light on some of the arcane wisdom of writing songs. Songwriting for Dummies is exactly what this episode is about. Please say hello to my friend with the purple hair, Jim Peterick. Jimbo, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. What can you share about the art of writing a song? You know, the more you do it, the more you increase your odds of writing that one magic song. Uh, I still am one of those serial writers, serial songwriters, and I'm always, you know, well, my wife is picking out the right, you know, vegetables. I'm like scribbling down uh, uh, ideas or, uh, you know, talking into my tape recorder. Oh, well, now it's my iPhone, you know. But you never know where, where, where the ideas are going to come from. And driving the car is, is uh, extremely relaxing for me. In fact, uh, the, uh, the song I... Uh, ended up co-writing for for Survivor. The search is over. The whole melody came while I was driving the car, and I had my little Sony Walkman or whatever it was, okay. and I had the whole thing, the modulations, everything. I got home on, on the piano and I found the chords, and uh, all of a sudden this title just kind of emerged. The search is over, and then what am I searching for? And and the real goosebump moment is when you know sitting there writing with Frankie in the band. And I realized the search is over when you go the whole world over and you realize you had it all the time. That's when the search is <laughs> over. That was the goosebump moment. But uh, songs can come at any time and you just gotta be ready to catch it, you know? Jimmy, I don't know if this has ever happened before. I know the two of you have met, but also joining us, the story of Carol Connors is a, is a fascinating one. Carol Connors is one of the women pioneers of music for film and TV. Carol Connors has been nominated twice for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, as well as nominated for five Emmys, one Grammy, two Golden Globes. Carol Connors' first hit song was To Know Him is to love him written with phil specter her bandmate in the teddy bears my little cobra written for carol shelby and pause 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 the iconic <laughs> theme to rocky gonna fly now say hello to my dear dear friend carol connor cc what makes a hit song a hit song honey <laughs> well um i'm going to uh, my mentor was um barry gordy and we all know barry gordy and barry gordy once said to me and i never ever ever forgot this he said, Carol, a hit song is repetition. If it was a hit, it was infectious. 
if it was a miss, it was monotonous. I never forgot that because I know that, the, you know, when, when a song stays with you and you can't get it out of your head, I think that's just a, a, a magnificent sign of what the song can do. But nobody knows what a hit record. I mean, when I wrote With You, I'm Born Again, which I wrote with David Shire for my love affair with Robert Culp, Come Bring Me Your Softness, none of us knew that it would become one of the great love songs of our time. None of us. None of us knew that Rocky, going to fly now, ba 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 with Bill Conti would ever become a hit. We thought the other song on the album, which, if anything, which was Shirley Bassey, You Take My Heart Away, might do something, but Gonna Fly Now overshadowed everything. And I love Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Thank you. Let's put love Jimmy on the screen. We've got two iconic songwriters, both from the, 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 the Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I paid $500 up front. And in my documentary, Erwin Winkler said, well, you know, why did you hire her? And he said, she came cheap. I can uh, say Erwin, Ayo Rocky, I can imitate Sly. Thank you because it bought my house in Beverly Hills on the back. Oh, of yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I, uh, well, Carol, I, I know that um, uh, you, you really have, you understand the business part of the music business as well as anybody else. How, how, is, how has the music business changed over the last few years? Um, well, of course, it, it's not like it was. I mean, it used to be that you had an agent and you had, in my mind, and you had a manager and this and that, but now you can put your music right on the internet. I mean, it's, you know, with all the different outlets and facets that you have, and you can do your own thing on YouTube and have your records. I mean, in, in my day, it didn't work that way. And, um, I think that it's wonderful. I think it's it's fabulous for young artists. And I believe that, you know, to, to, to a hit, when you can take a specific feeling and turn it into a universal thought that affects everybody, I think that's what, what records are all about, what music is all about. And my mother, bless her beautiful heart, used to, used to say, Music soothes the savage beast. And you used that, Jonathan, in the beginning. So I think the music industry is, I love rap, for instance. I just love it. I think it's the music of the street. When I remember in the very beginning, all my composer okay. friends said, oh, it's never going to happen. I said, mark my word. Because it comes from the heart and it comes from the street. And it says something. And people, people have to experience and they have to feel what they feel what a show we have we, we we're going to take one short commercial break and we're going to be right back stay right where you are welcome to the great american pub a great place to hang out with your friends watch the game and enjoy some great pub food our kitchen is open 24 7 with our full menu try some of our signature dishes like the philly or clam chowder Join us at the Great American Pub and enjoy happy hour specials. Grab a drink and enjoy great pub food from all over the country right here in Las Vegas. The Great American Pub with two great locations, 215 and Eastern and Flamingo and 215. In a changing world, it's time to change how we look at college. That's why Nevada State College provides excellence with affordability, a campus with diversity, and programs that offer opportunity. Nevada State College. Be bold, be great, be state. 
Jonathan Scott on Air Education. Today's topic, songwriting, writing songs. We've got just so many stars with us. It's uh, I, I, I'm thrilled to have everybody with us. Uh, Keith Thompson is joining us. Now, Keith is a songwriter himself, former music director of the Jersey Boys, founder and host of the Composer Showcase, almost monthly. I say almost monthly because he's skipped this month <laughs> at the Smith Center for the yeah. Performing Arts. Keith, thank you for joining this special episode. What can you share with our audience about the art of songwriting? Do you write every day? Uh, these days, yeah, I do. I've um, recently been uh, c contracted by a, a Chinese children's theater company in China, and um, they uh, asked me to write a whole bunch of songs. So I've written about 20 songs in the last month. Um, and, wow. Yeah, and uh, the, the question of whether or not it's inspiration or sometimes you just have to, to write because somebody paid you. So. Um, but it's all, you always want to be inspired and you always want to uh, rely on that. There's part inspiration, then it's part skill, uh, part craft. So you put all those things together. Uh, you know, the way I like to think of it is that all music was original music. At some point, it was somebody's baby before it became a hit. You know, so uh, that's what we do with the composer's joke is try to put it out there and, uh, and give people an opportunity to uh, write and to put their music out there and maybe they will have the next hit. You know, that's what we're all about. We're really just kind of trying to champion the songwriter. Paul, and I have to ask you, you know, one of our questions from, from our associate producer, Carol Hattar, do you feel that songwriting is a great way for children to process their feelings in a, in a positive, constructive way? Uh, I, I do. Uh, I know I struggle at writing songs. I get stuck. I come up with ideas. I get like guitar chord parts going, or I get some words going, but I can never seem to ever get them to match together. But um, I feel like it does help them. Um, I try to use that in my classroom every year. We do, we talk about chord progressions and how to write songs. I've had some kids do some really cool things with it. Well, if you have an all-star panel, what, what questions do you have for any of our guests? I, I guess my question for any of them is, in, in yours, what comes first? The chords or the melody lyrics? Like, where do you guys start from? Because I, I can't seem to put it together myself. Uh, I start with a phone call. Uh, <laughs> that's somebody that, that needs a song. And uh, my, my fam most famous phone call, and, and Carol can relate to this, I thought it was a joke. Hey, yo, Jim, that's a nice answering machine you got there. Give me a call, Sylvester Stallone. And I said, this is a joke. This is our, my road manager putting me on, and my wife, Karen, God bless her, says, you better call him back just in case that's Stallone. And, you know, sometimes a thing like that, he sent us a rough cut of the movie and me and Frank went to town. We wouldn't have written Eye of the Tiger if it wasn't for Stallone, if it wasn't for that uh, clip of the movie that he sent us and hearing that phrase in the movie, which he let us use, no charge, God bless him. And uh, for me, an assignment is really, really kind of cool because it's like going to school again and you have you, you cram for exams you know, a few hours before the test and you ace it. That's what a lot of times what a great song is all about. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask our panel, does anybody have any questions for Paul as an educator? How many you, students do you have that are actually writing? How many um, I have, writing? I have a few students that are writing. Across our school, there's probably a dozen total. I know one of our, uh, our band students is really into arranging and he's a percussionist. And he's going to arrange some stuff for my guitar ensemble kids to play at our spring concert. We're like, because uh, uh, of Zelda yep. being 35 years, he's going to arrange some of the Zelda music because he's into doing those types of things. Um, I have That's a couple smart. kids that are writing songs. Um, 
and want to be musicians. So like I'm telling them just go, go for it, do it, go for it, have fun, and just try. You, you got to do it. Yeah. I, I know I remember all of our guests. Uh, know, uh, Jonathan, may I say something? Yeah, of course. Because uh, it, it, it's a question I want to ask. Um, I truly believe that there's a saying I have. Um, if you don't eat it, sleep it, think it, drink it, need it, forget it. Do you see in some of your students that passion, that incredible passion that you can't stop? You just can't stop it. Can you spot that? Um, I see it in a few of my students. Uh, some of my one there's one of my students in particular in my class currently this year who really wants to be a musician. Um, and I'm like, well, that is a awesome goal. You can do it because I feel like he is talented. He's writing his own songs already. Um, he's one of the students that learned more on his own because I gave him a guitar last year than I taught him distance lies. So um, it is there, and it, you do see it through some of the students. I know I've had some private students I've taught privately that did the same idea. They wrote their own songs. It was in them, and they had the ability to do it. Um, whether they, they follow through with it or not, I don't know, but they have the ability to do it. I can see it out of some of them. And I feel like most of the students I'm trying to teach is just give them a skill that they can use for the rest of their life. And have fun playing at something. Learn, learn music, because it is a pathway to great things. Well, the biggest question that we talk about all the time is engagement. And Don, I would like to ask you if there's any secrets, tips that you use in actually as a performer engaging your audience. Well, uh, thank you uh, for asking me that. And uh, I want to just uh, thank the teacher because uh, these are really um, unsung uh, heroes in our society who spend their lives working with uh, sometimes interested kids and sometimes disinterested but putting out, uh, putting this in the air, putting it in their head. And, you know, just because you don't respond to something now doesn't mean it can't come back later and think, wow, or, I remember that from music class or something, you know. It's, it's, so thank you very much uh, for doing that with your, your life. And uh, you should get paid more. Um, but the, uh, the other thing I wanted to say that I, both my uh, children, I have a son and a daughter, they're very creative. They both write songs. They do all kinds of things. And my son is a better guitar player than I am. Um, but I had fun with him because he had a song that he knew uh, well, you know. And I said, well, let's have some fun. I want to show you what it is like to be a professional performer, okay? Now, first of all, you realize you have to do an hour and a half to two hours, and everything you do has to be perfect. You can't forget the words. You can't say, oh, gee, I'm sorry, I want to start over. You know, everything has to be perfect. Now, let's just take this one song that you know, and, let's, and you start singing it. And I mean, you have to hit all the notes, play all the parts correctly. And the minute you make your first mistake, I'll hold my hand up and you have to start over. So <laughs> we, got, we got, you know, like a third of the way through the song a few times. And, and then he understood. And the key, I said, is practice. And you got to practice all the time. When I was 14, 15, just getting 
started, uh, nothing would get in my way. I would practice four hours a day um, and, and just get these basic things down so that, you know, they were second nature to me. So when I was on stage as a young teenager, you know, you lose your place uh, and suddenly, you know, everything goes out the window, you know. So the more you practice, the more that doesn't ever happen. So as a, as a young person, what, um, you know, I guess that's, that's what I would ask the panel, what tools for engagement they would use as, as songwriters or performers? Um, what I use with them, I guess now, is I try to get things that they're into. Uh, like I try to, as I'm starting with beginning guitar students, um, I try to teach them things that I hope they find interesting. And I'm starting to discover that a lot of the things that, I gravitate to are now like 30 years old. So I'm starting to find other things that I could use that are, are current like songs. Like if I'm teaching them how to play an A minor chord to a C chord to a D chord, I'm gonna try to find some current type things that'll mm. help the hook the kids to try to do it. Because as I talk to my students today, like playing chords is easy. Changing them is the hard part. And then it just takes lots of practice. Like as much as Don, um, Don, uh, Don said, the key is practice, and mm -hmm. the more you practice, the better you get, the easier it gets. No, what I comes first, the music or the lyrics? Um, in the song American Pie, uh, for example, and this is when I was very young and I was better, you know, I'm, I'm pretty old now, but I was at my top of my game in those days, and I sang the whole song from a long, long time ago right through to the day the music died, uh, exactly like that into a tape recorder. Wow. And when I did wow. that, I said, what the heck is that? You know? Amen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I want to thank to everybody for joining us. And Paul, I want to thank you for helping out today, but more importantly, what you do with our kids and with, uh, with your yeah. students. Well, we appreciate, appreciate that. Thank you for having me. This was a very enjoyable conversation. I, I've learned so much about, these artists that I didn't know um, and like where they came from. That's really cool. I think, I think we should end it with a, a rousing chorus of American pie <laughs> and thank everybody. Uh, certainly Don McLean. Thank you so much for joining us. Carol My Connors pleasure. from Beverly Hills, Jimmy Peterick from uh, points in Chicago and Keith Thompson in California. And uh, let's do it. So uh, let's just end it with, Bye bye, Miss America. T of G. Good old boys drinking whiskey and rice. This will be the day that I die. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Don McLean, Jimmy Peterick, Keith Thompson, Carol Connors, Clint Holmes, my good friend, and Paul, thank you so much again. Thanks for watching, everybody. If you want any more information on the show, you can send me an email at news1lasvegas at gmail.com. And as always, eat well, party hard, and one more thing, please be nice to each other. Thanks for watching. To watch the complete unedited version with more from our talented guests, visit our website at oneraireducation.com.